I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Today, I'm chatting to Tina Clark of Tina Clark Wellness. Tina is 43 years old and whilst age is not something I usually mention, you'll understand why when you listen to this episode. Because Tina was born with the genetic disease cystic fibrosis and received a double lung transplant in 2014. Along with talking about how her diagnosis has changed meanings and how the very information surrounding her diagnosis has changed in her lifetime, and how that relates so much to how many of us experience chronic illness. We also talk about Tina's work and passion in body, mind, health and wellness, a field she's worked in for over 20 years, helping hundreds of people with various conditions. She specialises now in somatic movement and embodiment for trauma, anxiety and stress due to living with chronic illness, cancer or organ transplant, which is something we go on to talk about in lots of detail. Through her work, Tina empowers individuals to understand how their body-mind is affected by their health and medical experiences, and how they can improve their resilience, emotional balance, anxiety and traumatic stress symptoms through a body-based approach, whilst incrementally improving their relationship with their body, whatever their physical condition. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
be sure to check Tina out on Instagram and Facebook at Tina Clark Wellness, and that's Clark with an E. I will leave a link in the show notes and keep an eye out for her online courses. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway, the place where you get to see your chronic illness in a different light, where you get to call on its wisdom and intelligence to help you feel how you want to feel, be how you want to be and live how you want to live, where all of who you are is embraced and celebrated, chronic illness included. I am so happy that you're here. The enrolment window for your chronic illness ally opens to the waitlist next week. So that is November the 21st. It will be open to those not on the waitlist from the 25th to the 30th of November. It is so worth you joining the waitlist as you not only get a five day early access period, which is great because there are only 20 spaces available for this round, but you also get 10% off. Details and waitlist sign up can be found at alanaholloway.com. Just click on the work with me tab and I will leave a link in the show notes. Tina, I'd love for you to just give everyone listening a bit of an overview of your background and how you came to do what you do. Sure. So um, I was born with cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic disease that I won't go into all the all the details of it, mm. but basically it primarily affects all of your mucous membranes. Mm-hmm. So your body creates more mucus uh, than other people's. And um, initially that is mostly a problem for people in their digestive tract and in the lungs. Mm. Um, but as time has gone on and as the years go by, you realize that CF uh, impacts a lot more of your body than just the lungs and your digestive system. So it can sort of show itself in people as a lot of joint inflammation and pain. There's something called cystic fibrosis related diabetes, um, which is a sort of slight variant on normal diabetes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's, there's, it it can be quite far reaching. You can get liver problems, liver disease. Um, Yeah, so it's, it's a big, it's a big illness and it's the most common rare disease. It's the most common genetic disease um, that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, there's not many of us across the across the globe. There's only about 70, 75,000 people, uh, which is really quite a low number when you compare it to other illnesses. But yeah, um, yeah so that's where I started out. Um, I got diagnosed at four months wow. old. And um, which was, you know, a real shock to my parents, of course, especially I'm, I'm 44 now. So in terms of cystic fibrosis and a lot of chronic illness, that's that's quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so there was there wasn't so much knowledge and development around the treatment of CF. So my parents sort of were told that I wouldn't be I wouldn't make it out of childhood. Wow. Yeah, so, so CF back then was a really serious illness, um, and it still is, um, but luckily, in general, we're living a lot, lot longer than we did, uh, <laughs> hence, hence me being 44. Fantastic. Um, 
so my mum and dad sort of raised me as normal as they could. They were sort of, at that time, children with CF weren't necessarily raised normally. They didn't really quite know what to do with us. Um, okay, yeah. And we required daily treatment and physiotherapy and antibiotic treatment. There's still no treatment for CF as such. Um, but my, my parents decided at that point to, to bring me up as, as normal as possible. I had an mm-hmm. old brother who didn't have CF. And um, so then and when I was a child, I wasn't really massively affected. I just had to take um, enzymes with my food, which is a common part of cystic fibrosis, that your pancreas is, is quite damaged. So you don't produce enzymes by digesting your food. So you have to take these, uh, at that time, it was this gloopy, pasty stuff. But now they have like capsules. And um, so that's pretty easy for most of us. Um, But then my my sort of symptoms start to really show themselves in my teenage, that sort of time when your hormones are all kicking in um, is commonly an age for people with CF. where things start to get a bit more tricky, a bit more difficult. Mm. So what that meant, what that looked like was hospitalizations, intravenous antibiotics for for treating chest infections. Because of the mucus we produce, it settles in little pockets of our lungs Mm -hmm. and creates a lot of uh, bacteria, um, which creates these chest infections. Then we just need antibiotics all the time. And so I guess it was actually around, um, for me, the age of 20 years old, I was at university studying and my health was getting really problematic. And my mental health at the same time was also, um, I was really struggling. I I didn't know where I fit in the bigger scheme of life and people my age. And I was like, I just don't know how to work this out. And I remember that obviously the medical system, they just weren't, they didn't have the time or resources to look after your, your mental health. Um, and I just thought, yeah, this, this just isn't, I can't just do the rest of my life like this. I don't, I don't understand, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. So I actually made a big change then and dropped out of university and went to study nutrition, natural nutrition for healing. Mm. So it was at that point that I started, so that's uh, what, 23 years ago, that I started to look outside of just my allopathic medical treatment and start to say, right, okay, this helps me in one aspect. Yeah. But what about all the rest? You know, there's got to be, you know, I just... I just couldn't make sense of life, like why I was here, what I was just going to struggle along until I died or something. (laughs) I was just like, this is shit, Mm. you know, and nobody in the medical services could provide answers for that aspect. So then I was like, okay, there's got to be something better. And so I started diving into my nutrition and how that could possibly help me, even though I had a genetic disease. Um, which was incurable and still is and from then on I just learned so much 
I mean, I, I did this amazing, wonderful course with this amazing woman at the time. She was, you know, her vision was so much bigger than any than just nutrition. Mm-hmm. And she just opened me up like massively uh, with regards to every aspect of what health is and, you know, even impacting with regards to mental health and everything. So. Yeah, from then on, I was like, I couldn't get enough. I was like, okay, right, there is more than this. And I want to know more. Yeah. And that's kind of a bit of a long explanation, but I, you know, CF is such a quite a consuming sort of illness um, that you struggle along with from from very young, you know, from birth. Um so when you speak to people with CF, there's always quite a long journey involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that I guess, is where I started to get into the wider aspects of health and what health means for me. That's incredible to listen to. It's given me goosebumps because on the one hand, you've been through so much and, you know, it's, as you say, it's, it's, impacted your whole life and then on the other hand you've got this amazing inspirational kind of seed and you know growth and being taught by people who also have that bigger wider vision and and Mm. that kind of thing fills me with hope and excitement and for you know the future of chronic illness and what how it can take shape over the years to come um something you said as you were talking was that you well firstly it was that cf affects more than just the lungs and your digestive tract your digestive Mm. system um and that wasn't known so much when you were younger and you've discovered that and and then that kind of i link that to then how chronic illness affects so much more than the kind of sum of its parts in yeah. you know in this wider sense in mental health in your how you relate to people how you relate to life etc um and something that we've talked about before that you specialize in it is your specialty is is kind of embodiment of of this and this understanding of the wider sense of trauma and anxiety and stress and how how do you what do you do to help yourself and your clients with that yeah so so basically from um moving on from nutrition I studied that for a couple of years and then I was exploring other uh, methodologies and uh, other ways of understanding myself and my health and my uh, you know life from the lens of chronic illness so I studied um sort of energetic healing and uh, Reiki healing, um, regression therapy to understand how childhood impacts us. Um, Mm. And then I went on to uh, yoga, um, which I really needed at the time. I'd done it bits and bobs over the years, but I hadn't really ever sort of fully committed to a, a daily practice or anything like that. And then I found myself in a position where I needed to involve my physicality more, you know, my physical being. I I don't know Mm -hmm. how to just, it was like a, 
like I'd been exploring all the different facets and then I really needed to get into my body more. Yeah. And then from yoga, I went on to train as a yoga teacher and I did that for several years. Um, and then I had to uh, go through um, at some point with cystic fibrosis, what normally happens sooner or later, you will uh, normally come to end stage lung disease. Mm -hmm. So that means your lungs are just absolutely destroyed and there isn't any other way forward apart from a double lung transplant. Mm -hmm. um, not all of us, unfortunately, are eligible for double lung transplant, depending on what bacteria we have going on in our bodies and everything. Um, right. But luckily I was. And at the time I was a single parent. Um, yeah, I've never done things the easy way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I can complicate it somehow, make it harder, <laughs> I will. Um, and then I had to massively transform my yoga practice because I was doing quite an intense yoga practice, even with a low lung capacity. Mm. And then I had to massively transform it intuitively through, because where I was living, there wasn't too many people who could guide me, uh, particularly mm -hmm. with relation to my particular physical circumstances. You know, it's not the norm. Most yoga teachers don't come across people in my situation. Um, so I had to start to get to know myself again, several layers deeper and really listen to what my body was telling me and my breath was telling me. And, you know, to cut a long story short, post-transplant, I, I mean, it was a, a massive ordeal as, as any of you can imagine, a lot of fear involved, a lot of like, that facing death yeah. um, because, you know, lung transplants had been around for a while for quite some years, but, you know, there's still a 50, 50 chance that you get through it. Um, and then the average prognosis um, after transplant is just five years. Wow. So, you know, I was uh, 35 years old and facing this massive thing that I knew all my life more or less that I would have to come to one day but it still doesn't make it easier when you get there <laughs> trust me on that um yeah but I had to really dive deep into this relationship with my lungs and myself on a much much deeper level and after transplant I realized I sort of I really was recovering great. And about six months after transplant, I started diving into a depression. And, you know, from the outside, it looked like there was no reason for that because my lung transplant went really well. Um, I was doing great. There was nothing, you know, impacting my recovery particularly. Um, and I went to my doctors, my transplant team, and I said what was happening. And they just said, well, you know, they were great, but they did say, you know, you've been through a lot, Tina. And yeah, here's an SSRI, right. uh, an antidepressant, Prozac, and let's just see how you go. So I started taking that. And uh, to this day, I still take it on a very low dose. Um, but it didn't get rid of all the symptoms I was experiencing, these emotional symptoms of feeling 
like I was always on alert. You know, when you're yeah. the best way to liken it is if if for those of you who don't have chronic illness, if you're walking down a dark alley at night and you're a woman and you're alone and you're really aware that uh, you're listening out for sounds all the time. Is there anybody following me? Am I safe? You know, it's like that all the time. Yeah. And the doctors didn't really have any explanation for this. And I also kept sort of flipping between depression, sort of depressive feelings, but anxiety, mm-hmm. which seemed two very different feelings, but they were very sort of, I was flipping to, between the two. Um, and anyway, I did a lot of research myself, which I was used to doing anyway from managing my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized what I was suffering from was a kind of trauma yeah. from not only the major operation and facing end stage disease, um, but also everything I'd experienced in my lifetime with CF and all the medical interventions and all the frightening things, situations that I'd been in. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is something. I'm not having flashbacks or anything like that, so it's not PTSD. Mm -hmm. It's not that. But there's something definitely here. And nobody had spoken to me about that. Nobody had explained this, but I realized for myself, this is what I'm experiencing. I know it is. And so I thought, um, this is really uncomfortable to live with daily, feeling like I'm constantly on the lookout. And so I started to explore deeper and I came across um, the somatic approach. Mm -hmm. So somatic being body um, and particularly, um, you know, there's a much wider aspect to it than just the nervous system, of course. But I realized that the nervous system and what I was experiencing was, uh, you know, deeply interconnected. And I further researched and then I did trainings because I wanted to, it's just the nature of myself. If I find something fascinating and it works for me, I want to train in it. I want to know everything I can about it. So I did uh, various trainings of the somatic approach, um, like body mind centering and um, somatic trauma approach. And it mass- I found it massively helped. And I realized how important with, when you have chronic illness, everything that you experience from your own uh, body's expression of your chronic illness through to, as you mentioned earlier, your place in life, in society, in relation to other people, your relationships, your personal relationships, relation to your, the medical service, yeah. your doctors, everything. I realized how important the nervous system was and how this body of ours, which I'd always knew was a part of the picture in mm-hmm. various ways, is just so key for us to understand ourselves better and ourselves in relation to our chronic illness and particularly when chronic illness is is so often paired with depression anxiety hyper 
alertness, um, stress, all of these things, I realized that it plays such an important part. And it's something that's just not really efficiently tackled in my experience and many of my clients within the medical framework that we're in at the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if that answers your original question. (laughs) It does. And it just (laughs) resonates so, so much. It just everything you said it just resonates so much and it is um I think that when I heard when I first heard about the nervous system and then I first got an understanding of oh my god I am on alert all the time for different reasons to you but the same reasons to you you know yeah exactly Um, same same but different exactly I was like oh oh okay the way I'm approaching this just cannot be, cannot be the way I continue because otherwise I don't know what will happen to me because nobody can survive like that for their whole lives. Right. Um, What I would love to talk about and almost hash out with you is where do we see this going? Because it, you know, from me kind of 10, 12 years ago, I forget how, you know, somewhere in that timeline, in the kind of the adult phase of my chronic illness, I very much know that when, you know, I was seeing my, my GP and specialists, they don't have the time or resources. There's n- that at not one point do they say this is going to affect every part of your life in <laughs> ways. So the only way you discover that is kind of when it's, it's already happened and mm. it's, you know, you're down the line and you're like, oh, it has affected my life. And now, now it's about kind of picking up the pieces of that. So where would you, where do you see this going? With regards to self or with regards to the medical treatment of uh, chronic illness? Maybe both, maybe, yeah, maybe both like the community the un- general understanding of so that it's not something that is only discovered once it's happened you know so yeah. so people can prepare for this kind of thing yeah I completely agree with you it, it you, you you sort of get chronic illness or or like with CF you've always got it but at some point it's gonna really hit you in the face right. <laughs> yeah. and um and you just have to suddenly go oh Christ, what I thought was my life is just a mess around me and I Mm -hmm. can't work out where to go now. What do I do with this? So I completely agree with you. Um, At some point, I feel like chronic illness is is almost, not to be too dramatic, but life shattering, really. You just go, oh, what just happened? Um, yeah, and nobody does tell you it's going to be like that. It's something that people with chronic illness just have to go through currently. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I really see value in and I love is, and I've watched it over the years, uh, because being 44, you know, um, sort of things I was learning and and talking about or or experimenting on myself with basically 20, 25 years ago, people, particularly in the CF community, but I think in the wider chronic illness community, were not really 
doing mm. um, because it wasn't shown to them as an option. Um, so, um, so I think. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Now, I've watched over the last 20 so years how people with chronic illness are more and more and more looking for themselves for more answers, you know, not just taking the diagnosis from their doctors and saying, oh, okay, I'll just suffer it then, or I'll just take this medicine then and suffer it or whatever else. Because as we know, chronic illness means it's incurable. Mm -hmm via the medical system currently that we have yes. it's something long term and it will it can have times of being dormant but it will ultimately just be there yeah um and so I'm loving seeing so many more of us looking for more and one of the things I really love is seeing that information suddenly being uh, through things like social media and people like yourself and myself coaching Mm -hmm. or becoming therapists of some sort or guides or whatever you want to call it, working within the communities that we are part of. Yes. Um, And so this sort of, this sense of community um, really has this uh, space to flourish and learn from each other. And I love that because it's not just sort of, I think 
previously it was very much a case of right you've got this none of your family have got it so you just have to find your way none of your friends have probably got it either um good luck to you Mm. (laughs) yeah um and and I think that's changing and I think there's more and more connectivity and of course as you know Alana that that connection is so vital for the Mm. nervous system you know it's one of our um instinctual uh uh parts of our of our nervous system how our nervous system works with with humans is that we connect to each other we co-regulate um so this sort of learning and community i think is a wonderful way forward yeah um and sharing sharing and learning sharing is is a really nice word Um, And otherwise, I think there's a lot more information coming through, dripping through from research with regards to chronic illness and how it's a really mind body Mm -hmm. um, uh, symptom. Um, But it's still, I think, for the main part, it's not hitting the mainstream. uh, It's not hitting your medical team anywhere right now. So. I think whatever chronic illness you have, I think you're still being dealt with, well, here's the rheumatology department and here's the kidney nephrology department. Let's just divide you up. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to split you up into bits and then we'll see if we can make any sense of it. (laughs) And and, and to completely disconnect you, you know, talking about that. Exactly. So you're just a big sack of parts right and you're like and you're there as the person I don't know about others but I was sat there thinking why am I seeing different doctors for my lungs and for gynecology and for my digestive system Mm -hmm. and for this and for that when surely yeah I I can't comprehend how the doctors are not going this is all one and the same Mm -hmm. let's all come together and look at it together and I I mean, I I really find it shocking that it's still the case. It is, it is. And it's, I mean, at the very least, you want to all be in a room at the same time or on a Zoom meeting or something where like teams are talking to each other at, you know, at this having a conversation rather than it being sent in a follow-up letter and then, you know, whatever happens. But it's amazing that, that you talk about connection because you know, as we both know, chronic illness is extremely isolating under the kind of current circumstances. Yeah. Um, Also, there's this idea that as patients, but as people who experience chronic illness, like we're put into this hierarchy where our word doesn't really have value in that medical system. Yeah. And I, I've said it before, but what I'd love to see is a real meeting of minds between doctor and patient, between medical oh. system and patient and and each each party being listened to because both have got so much value to give. Um, I completely agree. Yeah. And and what would something I contemplate often is. I am thankful to my chronic illness for so much because the journey that I've been on has allowed me to discover more about myself, more about my purpose in life, more about how I want to show up in this world. Mm. It's, I honestly believe it's made me a better person. And so 
going back to my question about how do we kind of stop this start shifting things yeah changing yeah before it's happened I I I often ask do we want to stop it before it's happened or because obviously it's a huge painful uncomfortable experience so I'm like well it really is don't you want to stop that but then at the same time would we get the value from this thing because sometimes I see that as a bit of a silver lining and Mm. and in this experience I think you kind of need silver linings yeah and there are them yes um I I'm like you I you know as humans we want to avoid risk and we want to um, be prepared for everything Mm -hmm. And that's our natural instinct. So in a way, I agree with you that it would be so nice to have like a a team of people working with you and helping you slowly integrate um, your chronic illness experience as you go. But then is that possible? Because it's like anything in life we're not ready to hear it until we're ready to hear it. Yes. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, would it work? You know, um, you know, I think if when I was a teenager or when I was a kid, even if people had tried to come to me and say like, right, this is what's going to happen and you're going to feel this and you're going to think this, I'd have probably been like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, so it was almost like I had to hit that mm-hmm. point myself and go, oh, God, okay, right. What is happening now? What, what, what do I need to do now? What, and that's, I think that's such a different point for everybody. I, I agree. Um, you know, it's like, for example, um, you know, I would imagine, like with you, with your clients, um, you know, the people, the fact that people make that step to come to you is already mm-hmm. showing that they've they've hit some point in their illness journey or whatever it might be that they're that they're asking questions. Yeah. You know, they want to know more and they want to understand more, and they want to feel better than yes. they do right now. Yeah. But that's such a different point for everybody. And I, and I guess parts of, you know, when you work with people, you realize that some information is, is, is their truth for them. And some of it is my truth and not necessarily their truth. Yeah. So it won't, it will just be water off a duck's back. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that, like, where do we tackle it when everybody's experience is kind of unique (laughs) but it's got threads of that's the same through it um yeah it's a really difficult one but I would you know the the screaming reality I mean as much as you know especially with CF I, I cannot be I cannot um I have to be thankful for the medical system because uh, that's why I'm alive today. Of course, um, yeah. It's the truth. But I can see, as, you know, as anyone with chronic illness, you start to see so many gaps, so many cracks, and so many like, oh, this is, 
you know, and how many times do you have to go to doctors where, you know, I mean, I, was just, I must have seen so many, like hundreds of doctors mm-hmm. <laughs> in my life so far. And yes, you get some that are supportive and listening and really tuning into what you're saying and your anecdotal evidence. Um, <laughs> massive, <laughs> massive funny ears there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, um, of your experience and what your truth and what your body's telling you and what your experience is showing. Yeah. Um, how many of them are willing to listen to that? Um, I've had a real, I would say, I was thinking about this funny enough yesterday and I was thinking, yeah, I've, you know, um, I've taken some real, uh, I've really made some very clear choices in my lifetime with regards to my health and, and life in general that have not been understood from the outside perspective, either whether Mm. that's family and friends. I mean, luckily I have a very supportive family. They might sort of eyes widen some of my choices um, and decisions with regards to my health and other things, but they're very like, okay, well, Tina's, she knows what she's doing. It's her her choice. Um, But, you know, I can really come across a lot of uh, conflict with doctors yeah sometimes when I make choices that come from my experience my knowing my understanding of where my body's at and what Mm. I need um and that's not their experience and and they cannot get on board with with my choices and and that causes even conflict now with my medical teams sometimes or particular doctors within my medical team and that's pretty tough for people with chronic illness. So, you know, to you know, you already kind of feel quite alone with your symptoms and your experiences and the challenges you face in so many ways in life. You know, all the way from how you're going to earn money when your <laughs> body fails you, yeah, through to how you're going to tackle this with regards to intimate or private or personal relationships. Um, having children if that's a possibility or something you want Uh, you know there's just so many aspects to it and yet how what you want more than anything is that your doctor listens to you and can understand and relate and and really like hear what you're saying and yet how many times is that actually the case you know Um, you know I've, I've really have pissed off a good few doctors (laughs) who have sort of turned around to me um, either have sort of chosen to sort of ignore me um, and push me to other doctors because they feel like I'm not working with them or that I've even had doctors in the past turn around and say if you don't do what I say right there is no point you coming to see me yeah and you're like okay then yeah and I'm like uh well actually you get paid for your job and you get paid to advise me and to care for me and I very much appreciate that but ultimately it is my choice this is my body and if you don't want to hear my choice Mm -hmm. and you'd rather get angry with me I mean that's that's just you know, I think having CF for so, so many years, you get at some point, you just get start to get really like 
well, I do anyway, start to get a bit um, really able to stand up for my my self-advocate, you know, to be a self-advocate for myself. But I mean, so many people do not have that. And I went through so many experiences where I had to, I felt like I was doing things, being told what to do and it didn't feel right or it didn't feel like it was right for me. Yeah. Um, and yet you and do it anyway, but it's like yeah, you do it all, this you is do it going anyway, against feels, the grain so yes, much. Yeah, it feels horrible, mm. you know. You're like, I'm just doing this because you tell me that I should, but I don't feel like it's right. what I should be doing. Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, I have had some doctors who are like, okay, well, I don't quite agree with you, but you know, if that's right for you, then I then go for it. You know, if yeah. it makes you feel better, then great. You know, I think it's really difficult. And I think there's still so much learning that needs to come down to ground level, to patient doctor level. There's so much more work to be done. And, you know, I mean, chronic illness is huge. Mm -hmm. It's huge now. It's the most expensive part of any medical system. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's not, and the system's not working. So it's like, right now, let's start reevaluating this thing because we're doing the same thing expecting different results you know but yeah. not not us but you know the system it's the system yeah. something needs to change um yeah and and when will that happen you know i mean i mean one of the you know one of the great voices he's he talks a lot about chronic illness for me anyway is um dr zach bush i don't know okay. if you're familiar with him Um, He really talks about the bigger picture of things and he talks a lot about chronic illness and and where it's going. I mean, but that takes us into a whole uh, bigger field, which (laughs) maybe in one podcast we don't have time to go into right now. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I've had to do so much legwork myself, I think, as a person with chronic illness to find wellness for myself. Yeah. Yeah. that many others um, may not have the time or the um, um, capacity to right. dive into. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes it so, you know the chronic illness experience so much harder. Mm. I don't know. It, it just you know I think chronic illness needs to really make this jump from survival through to actually thriving absolutely couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and it needs to be that because this is where I have issues where this crosses over into kind of the mainstream wellness industry Mm. and I'm calling it an industry because it absolutely is it Um, really is yeah because you know that's kind of got a bit of a a cloak I find because on the outside it's it proclaims all this wonderful, holistic, natural stuff, which is all great. But then on the inside, the message is still, you can't li- you can't thrive until you've got rid of your mm. health issues or whatever. You- but as, as we've talked about, they're not going to go away. They, they will um, manifest in very different ways throughout your life. They will be more active, less active, dormant, whatever. But this kind of genetic makeup is not going to be healed away by something. So let's start talking about thriving and, and designing a life that allows you to thrive in 
however your chronic illness is you know because mm. thriving can change what the meaning of that can change right yeah, and so however your chronic illness is manifesting let's talk about that as a possibility and a probability for everyone living with chronic illness but again it does come back to that kind of your ready point your I'm ready to like step over into the idea of that yeah being a possibility um and I think community is where that will happen and I often like look to other community-based forums of people leading people you know people with experience Mm -hmm. leading other people and and the success that they have but also you know the things that we might do differently in our communities in our community um yeah something that I'd love to talk more about is your somatic work your embodiment work and how that's helped you and the people you work with um and kind of what it looks like yeah okay so so what it looks like well if if I were to sum up what somatic work is all about I would say in the briefest way possible it's getting closer to self mm-hmm. um, now there's a billion approaches to that right um, getting closer to self can be can can have can look like anything and and I love that because um, I am not sort of someone who says and I think this you know in this industry that you talk about the wellness industry people often tout um, this way if you do this this is your way to wellness or if you right. do this yeah. this is your way to wellness or if you do and I used to think of it like that in my beginning of my journey all those years ago ditto yeah um, and then you start to uh, I don't know I think you start to expand past that and go mm-hmm. actually you know everybody is so different and everybody's truth is different and so the somatic way I think for me allows discovery and exploration into who you are and what what it looks like for you what your truth is for you yeah and I just love that you know there is I don't sit there with my clients and say you should feel this or (laughs) you know or you should do this no they know themselves way better than I do yeah I'm just giving some options to lead into exploration Mm. and the exploration is what will bring your knowing that's already there deep down it will just allow it to rise into the surface and find what works for you and so I mean if you want it on a very practical level somatic uh, approach looks like exploration somatic explorations is things like um, going into the body via the language or languages of the body. Mm. So allowing this uh, very rational thinking brain that we have and that we have over 
relied on for so many, several decades, yeah. really since the Industrial Revolution, I think. Um, we're allowing that to sort of soften back, step back a little bit and let the rest of us speak and be heard. Um, because our rational mind is wonderful at problem solving and, and making, taking um, knowing into action. Yes. But it's not the knowing. No. The knowing is elsewhere and way more multifaceted and um, incredible than, than our knowing, than our um, rational mind can even contemplate. Um, and so it's allowing that rational brain to step back and tune back into what we used to rely on, you know, hundreds of years ago, which was our senses, our knowing, our intuitive voice um, and how that expresses itself. Yeah. And so that may look like, for example, uh, a simple allowing of your body to start uh, moving without a set routine or pattern. So if we look at movement today, um, generally speaking, it's you're told how to move, what to move, and what it should look like. Even yoga. Yeah. Which is meant to be this very open, um, explorative practice, but it's become so dogmatic in my view mm -hmm. and so rigid that it's, it's very much lost its essence. And I don't want to tell people how to, right, put your left leg there and then, you know, lean into it. And um, that's what it should look like. Yeah. I don't want to tell people that. I want people to go, what happens if I lift this leg and just let it move as, as it feels like it should. Mm -hmm. What if I just lie on the ground and let my body and ground and the ground communicate? Um, and what does that, how does that inform how I want to move? What my body wants to do? How does it want to express itself? Yeah. Um, and then maybe you look at breath and notice your breath and not try to fit it again into a breath practice, a shape, <laughs> a form. Because, for example, people with lung disease like myself, mm. you know, uh, breathing practices are like our ultimate like nemesis because we're like, oh, my God, especially yeah. pre-transplant people. You can't fit your breath to that because your breath is really a force unto itself. And, you know, if you can actually, instead of always fighting it, if you can come to it with curiosity, yes, then what can it teach you? What can it show you? Um, and that's the same for the rest of your body. You know, maybe you want to explore Maybe I want to explore one day um, my liver or how my arms and my hands are informed and have a relationship with my lungs. 
what does that look like? Mm. How does that express itself? What, what's happening in my body that could show me something deeper about what's going on? And maybe I don't label that as good or bad, right yeah. or wrong. Maybe I just go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What's that? Um, and maybe I explore sound. Um, what sound is in me? What am I repressing? What am I keeping in? Am I keeping anything in? What happens if I just start to sound with no structure? You know, it could be a mmm, it could be a ah, uh, it could be anything. Yeah. What, what does that feel like? You know, there's just so many possibilities of what your body and your inner landscape can show you and can teach you. Um, and how beautiful is it to be able mm -hmm. to listen to all aspects of yourself and let that guide you in some way without knowing where it's going to take you. Yeah. And that, that can be, you know, that can be so difficult when you've got chronic illness because uncertainty is like the worst like one of the worst shittest things of chronic illness not knowing when it's gonna you know trip you up or take you by surprise or stop you doing what you might want to do but when you lean into that yes you know and and that can feel so scary and that's why I often work with nervous system a lot especially at the beginning because you need to feel safe to be able to lean into right. that. If you don't feel safe, you can't lean into anything. So you've got to know how to create and um, connect with those feelings of safety within yourself, which often chronic illness can strip away. Absolutely. And just listening to you then, like there's so much, I think the word is synergy, but between kind of this idea of, you know, the brains being like, this dominant thing I'm thinking okay the brains relate to how the medical system shows up in our lives and then the bodies relate to how we show up in that system but actually bringing our bodies into the fold of things again you know listening to the listening to our bodies and and giving giving our bodies the respect and trust that we're asking to be given ourselves yeah. um I'm also seeing things like the fear of of that exploration of of letting things unfold of the curiosity because of all the time that we've been told to suppress to to quieten to get rid of symptoms you know because if you let them be if you let them do what they need to do and tell you what they need to tell you it's going to be catastrophic you know yeah. it's going to be bad you're going to hate it you need to just get rid of that it's so your work to me sounds so much of what we need on multi dimensions um and just I want to thank you because I think this is a, a great place to kind of bring this episode to a close you've given so much wisdom and hope I think actually you know hearing you talk about what you do it's I relate to it so much and it's just 
in a very, what can feel a very isolating, closed, shrinking world, mm. you bring expan- expansion and growth <sighs> and possibility. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you've really um, summed that up beautifully to be able to lean into the and allow for expansion mm. against that contraction of what chronic illness can can be or can feel like. Um, and I hope it's hopeful because I hope it sounds hopeful because, <laughs> um, you know, there's so much more for us to learn. And where, wherever you are now in your life, in your health, it, it's not the end and it's not where it stops. And I think there's so much more that we can uh, explore. And um, and that's always been my motivation, I guess, to mm. uh, to explore more, to understand more, to make friends with and really embody myself, even through the lens of chronic illness. Yes. Yeah. This is just yeah. the beginning. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, exactly. So so thank you so much, Alana, for having me on. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, oh. And I think we really, I hope, and I, it feels like we really understand each other where we're coming from. So it's been great. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Tina. And I agree. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. 
Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.